1: we yeah. yeah. Hey guys, welcome to episode number seven of the Danny Bat and MMA show only on Ace Podcast Nation. I'm your host Sai, and here at Ace Podcast Nation, we've got podcasts, interviews, and content on all sorts of subjects—too many to list. But if you like MMA, football, mental health, films, music, we've got you covered. Video at youtubecom nation. ...or audio at all the usual podcasting platforms. We have a weekly live show on football, which is the Andy Campbell Show, every Monday, which is live on facebook.com slash acecastnation and youtube.com slash acepodcastnation simultaneously. And tomorrow night, well, actually this will be out on Tuesday, so yesterday night we revealed our new logo for that show. And uh, we talked about all sorts of different stuff for the football We've also got an unscripted and uncensored with Welsh boxer undefeated, currently 10-0, Mr Cody Davis, who's also fighting this coming Saturday. Uh, that will be out uh, Friday Friday evening, ready for you people. And um, also next week, we're recording a new episode of My Story with well, former Welsh international and Arsenal and Cardiff defender, Rhys Weston, and I have the band... the Crooks coming on ahead of the release of their single and sell-out tour, so look out for that. Today's show, as usual, brought to you by Away Day Apparel. Away Day Apparel is a group of casually obsessed football fans looking to bring something different to the wardrobes of like-minded people. Please visit their website, awaydayapparel.co.uk, and I highly recommend giving them a follow on Twitter, at awaydayapparel, or Instagram, at Apparel. 2020 is going to be a very exciting year for the brand and exclusively for Ace Podcast Nation viewers and listeners. If you use the code AA Podcast Nation, all in lowercase, you'll get 10% off all orders. <clears throat> and incidentally, this week I joined Instagram. Uh, so we've now got an Instagram page, which uh, you'll have to bear with me because I'm a bit new to it, but uh, I've been told to get one. And people have been nagging me, so I eventually got one. So now we're on Instagram as well. I believe it's Cast underscore nation, same as the Twitter. Okay. Without any further ado, please welcome my co-host, my guest, who provides us with technical analysis on all the fights. It's uh, former Cage Warriors featherweight champion, Mr. Danny Batten. Welcome, buddy.
0: Hey, hello, Hello,
1: everyone. We're back again. back again getting them out regular. There's so much good, good stuff, good cards coming up and mm-hmm. being on recently. Just got to talk about them. Got to talk about them. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, last night we had the uh, UFC Fight Night, which was interesting card. Um, lots, lot. If you know, when I was watching it, I was like, mm, this is good, but it's not like really, really exciting. But then when I was looking back on it, I was like, oh wow, there's loads to talk about. So it's yeah, uh, it's an interesting one. What did you think of the card? Like the card overall of quality and you know, just the yeah, yeah. Thoughts? I
0: mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I had two, you know, shocking, you know, happenings. Um, you know, which is quite rare. Yes. You, you, you get the occasional one, but to have two in one night, um, yeah, that, that was a bit of like, oh wow, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fights. Um, a couple of surprises for me. You mm. know, with five yeah, yeah. fights not. Not necessarily in regards, you know, results not happening the way I thought they would be, but more the style of, of certain fighters, you know, which we'll get into. Um, yeah, so yeah, little not, eyebrow rises. Yeah, there's not, uh, it's not
1: very often you get like a couple of disqualifications on the same card, let alone the same main card, um, which is interesting, um, but we'll get into it. Um, so we're going to talk about one of the fights on the the pre prelims. Which is featuring uh, British fighter Nathaniel Wood against yep. uh, UFC veteran John Dodson. Um, you know we like to we like to cover the the British and Irish fighters and the Welsh fighters and all these people because we want to support them as on their journeys. Um, sure, I got I got to say, I thought Nathaniel Wood was going to take this beforehand. Um, you know, as good as yeah. John Dodson has been been over the years, I did fancy yeah. Nathaniel Wood. Um, yeah. We'll get to the stoppage in a minute, but uh, if we start with you know round one, um, how did you see that?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, look, I, I know I was thinking the same as you initially. I was thinking you know it's all for Nathaniel Woods uh, to be winning this bout. Uh, push come to shove, um, you know, he's been on a bit of a tear, looking you know better and better each time that we see him, um, and now you know getting some proper experience under his belt as well. Um, but Dobson, I know and we all know how elusive he is, how awkward he is. And, you know, he, he's never out of shape either. Um, you know, he could be an awkward customer. But that first round, Nathaniel did pick him off. Um, he had a few nice inside leg kicks. They had opposite stance, which can make things interesting as well. But you also did get the sense, you know, he was finding Dobson's range a little bit difficult to deal with. But he did find a home for that crosshand numerous times. And like I say, that inside leg kick. <clears throat> and um, he's really pushing Dobson back. Dobson looked a little bit sleepy maybe in the first round. It didn't start as fiery as perhaps we've seen him in the past, um, whether that's because he's a real vet now. Um, yeah, it might be the case, you know, that, you know these type of fights, unless they're title fights, don't really pep him up. So he's a little bit slow to to look aggressive. It like he's just going through the motions in the first round. So I, initially I was impressed with what I saw with Nathaniel. Um you know, I just thought, OK, he, I would say he edged that round. I thought we was going to see much of the um, same thing going into the second. Um, that's pretty much how I sum up. You know, There was something spectacular happening, just some some sharp striking. But he was uh, just pressing John Dobson back because he had that extra range. He was a little sharper. Um, and he looked like the predator a little bit in that, that first round. That's how I saw it. Yeah,
1: well, like you say, I think sharp's the good... Uh... A good description of that first round would look sharp Dodson didn't Dodson like you say look was a bit slow going he did wake up in that second round but I was the way the first round went how I thought it was going to go mm-hmm. at this before the fight and then as the fight went on into the second round they didn't didn't go how I want uh, or how I thought it was going to go um yeah Wood like you say, cracked him with a couple of good shots, and he was pressing him back in that first round. So you were thinking, yeah, yeah. if he continues that into the second round, you know he's going to be relatively comfortable. Um, yeah. The second round begins, um, and Wood takes a few—I wouldn't say wild swings, but he has a right. couple of swings at Dodson, and Dodson then comes forward and hits Wood with some lefts. And I am um, yeah. felt then straight away that that's when Dodson seemed. You know, he did seem to wake
0: up, and yeah, he hit him with a couple of decent shots. That's right. Yeah, I don't know whether it is anything to do with uh, the fact that there were some semi-low blows. I will say semi-low blows. Yeah, because, they were. Close, uh, weren't they they, they weren't up under the cup, but the bottom of Nathaniel's foot was. It looked like it was um, knocking the cup up into uh, Dobson's um, groin. So yeah, they was, they were borderline, and um, you know. Dobson was getting affected by those 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 kicks for sure, but whether the break in the pace for the fact that Dobson had to stop, and it broke Nathaniel's concentration and rhythm, um, or whether we could look at it that it woke Dobson up and made him like, oh, okay, you've got to stop doing that. Let's 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 get it down. Um, Whether it was that, I I don't know. But we did see a turn of pace. He started finding successes, um, some successes against Nathaniel um and that sort of like just continued throughout that round um because <clears throat> one thing that impressed me just to go back and recap on that final part of that first round was the fact that i was really surprised that nathaniel could take dobson down you know um you, you know in my analysis of them both i would say dobson was probably the more proficient uh wrestler if it was going to be steered to the ground by anyone it would have been john dobson taking nathaniel down but it wasn't the case and um, so i thought well maybe that might have been part of the makeup for uh for Nathaniel, maybe even in the second round, to perhaps take him down late. But, um yeah, I just felt like Nathaniel's inexperience perhaps showed through in, in that he carried on chasing for the for the strikes Um yeah. when his timing had begun to, or his distancing or combination of both, began to fall, fall a little bit wild for him. He was getting clinched up more as well <laughs> in the second round.
1: It's interesting. I... Like we say, like Dodson woke up and he was a lot better in the second round, a lot sharper. But I actually had Wood taken that second round as well marginally, um, just by I don't know, it was so close. Um I saw some people scored it for Wood, some people scored it for Dodson. I think yeah. I had it just just for Wood. But yeah. when I look back at it and I think about it more, I don't know whether I would change that. But Wood, adds, Wood yeah. had some good shots, and I think you could be onto something in that the there was halted a couple of times for the kind of yeah. low low strikes, whether that just interrupted his rhythm or his concentration. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, if you do give that round to Wood, makes it all the more disappointing or interesting, however way you look at it, how it turns yeah. out in the third round, because he could have been two rounds up. Um yeah. yeah.
0: Did you have the second round for Wood or Dobson? Uh, I, uh, if I was going to be forced to give it to anyone, I would have pushed for Dobson, and um, just okay. because he he put Nathaniel's back against it, but I absolutely can understand why you know judges or, or like yourself could see it the other way. Um, but Dobson did have his back pressed up against the fence for a longer duration, and had successes of his own in terms of the striking. Um, so you know, I just felt like you know. Dobson suddenly was the one that was looking like he had that success. So I found my eye was cast to more what he was doing than what Nathaniel was doing, and yeah. Nathaniel picked up that cut as well. Um, so it's another reason why I perhaps would have um, edged it for 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 Dobson. Yeah, I could. Uh, you know, got some damage that. going. Mm. Yeah, um, and towards the latter part of that round, in that second round, you know, like I say, Nathaniel was having his back pressed up against the fence. You know, he's on the on the deficit in regards the positioning and was unable to get off there for a while.
1: I think um, there was one one part where Woods had Dodson, I think it was towards the end, had a uh, had him against the cage wall, and he mm-hmm. caught him with a nice straight right. And yeah. I think maybe it's because it was towards the end of the round as well. That kind of caught my eye. But yeah. following that, Dodson did spin him around into the cage wall, but then yeah. just before the, the ref kind of uh, split him up for inactivity... Yeah. Um, and then the, they obviously they checked for the cut as well. Then, so you're talking, yeah, there was, I think, three interruptions in that round, that's right, um, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, from a concentration point of view, um, obviously is a massive fight for Nathaniel Wood as well to be fighting it, yeah. you know, a, a UFC veteran. If he had t- taken this fight, he would have, you know, could have been looking to go on to the main card of a next show, yeah, um, absolutely,
0: yeah. So,
1: to have those three interruptions, this guy is going to affect affect any fighter. Um and I whether it did or it didn't it's difficult to say but the going into the third round you're looking for Woods to really press home to make sure he takes the third round. Just yeah,
0: in case uh, mm, yeah <clears throat> I mean kind of doing the right thing, but you know doing the right thing when you're left to question the previous two rounds and thinking it's fifty fifty and you've got to go all out for that third round. Um, you know, it's going to put things up in the air on percentages, and you know, getting a little bit lucky, unlucky, however you want to look at it. Um, he come out, you know, doing what he had to do, which was start trading off out working Dobson. But Dobson's short, compact, and really sharp. And I think, think as the fight went on, he was just getting his uh, getting his groove more, 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 and he found the button that to, to knocked uh, Woods off his feet. Um, and then he was on him, absolute on him. Possibly a slightly early stoppage. But I know they're in it to protect the fighters and in every shot, even though there wasn't really hugely concussive after the knockdown, um, he was consecutively punching Nathaniel and uh, Nathaniel just didn't respond by exchanging the position in any way. Unfortunately, he stayed in that turtle position. Do you think... Is... Um, just Sorry yeah, to what? interrupt you. I
1: just ask you yes, on okay. that. Do you think he was... I thought... I felt as if he was actually... When he was on the floor, if they'd stopped it, I would have been, okay... Mm. I felt like when he stopped it, he was on his way up and starting yes. to try and turn to yeah. defend himself. And I feel like, you know, if it had gone on, say, another five or ten seconds, he probably would have been around and facing him and in the clinch or... And, yeah. I you know, I, I I do find it difficult to criticise referees for stoppages because, particularly when it's with strikes, because, yeah. they you know, they're looking to protect the fighters. But yeah, what would you say to that, that he was kind of on well, his way up, up. They,
0: they, I know that you know whenever you're on these big promotions the referees come around and give you a little talk to make sure you do understand the rules um, and just to keep reiterating them um, and they also will, will, will um, you know, say things to the fighter like um, I, you know, if I feel there's not a lot of activity you'll hear me say let's get some action or it's going to stand up you know just to, you know, so you get to know their lingo and stuff like that Yeah. Um, and I know that they say you know if you're not intelligently defending yourself I will have to step in now, although Nathaniel was getting to his feet, he was receiving shots throughout. You've got to remember, he got knocked down with a shot. He was receiving shots as he was getting up. Can you deem that as intelligently getting up? Um, it's not a good idea to be getting up from a ground scenario still receiving strikes, which is yeah, why, in a way, the ref. Yeah. yeah, that's why I think the ref um, stepped in. Um, yeah, uh, he had both hands on the mat as he was beginning to stand, and that's not intelligent defending yourself when you're continually taking a barrage of shots. So, you know, in that term, I know the ref was right to stop it. Um, just my gut instinct of knowing what Nathaniel Wood is like, um, you know, he would have sucked it up and he would have probably got back to his feet. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's, you know, did you bend the, bend the, yeah, you could have you know, got strong black and white rules of a referee just because you know a character's tough and would will be willing to take something to get to a situation where it gets him back to his feet. It's not intelligent defending yourself. No,
1: no. And, I, you know, when you're taking those headshots, they're looking for you to be defending yourself at all yeah. times. Yeah. Um, so I can I you know I can see it from both ways. But like you say, because we've seen Nathaniel Wood so many times take strikes and recover... Yeah. Everyone who's followed his career or has watched him fight before knows that he probably would have been able to get up to his feet and turn around and,
0: and go back yeah. into it. But um,
1: yeah. so round I, three,
0: round gone, gone. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that round three was really quick. I mean, that, that, you know, we, we pretty much summed it up really. We knew Nathaniel yeah. was going to come out chasing uh, Dobbs down. You know, he, he was, was expecting just, it, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, uh, he's just so sharp and he's compact as well. So, you know, if you start closing into his sort of range of striking, you rush in, he's going to plant down on his shots. You know, it's not him has got to be pretty with his footwork closing in. It was always going to be Nathaniel closing in. So, you know, it does take a little bit of um, power out your shots when you're having to skip in the way Nathaniel was because he's really eager to get in and get to work. And Dobson was just planted down and caught him on the jaw. and, And his experience showed through. He knew that was a chance to put it away. That's why he didn't overload on the shots, um, even though the shots he was doing on the ground were not concussive, he knows the rule He knows what the refs have to do. He's, he's heard him time and time again. Intelligently defend yourself. So he just rabbit punched him time and time again. Um, you know, knowing that that could push the ref to to get the stoppage.
1: Yeah, the, the round three literally it begun with uh, Wood came out swinging, um, mm. and Dodson kind of planted his feet and waited. And he just popped him right in the jaw. He went down, and it was over. Um, yeah, it was. And the it was. Thing is, with when you've got someone as experienced as John Dodson, he's well, He knows Nathaniel Wood's got to come out swinging, so he's yeah. just waiting for those counter yeah. punches. And he did yeah. it well. Disappointing yeah, for Nathaniel did. Wood overall. I think. Yeah. Started well. Second round, not so good. Third round, mm-hmm. obviously, he didn't really get started. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, he, he'll be, he yeah. was very
0: much on his way up. He's still very much a young lad. Um, and, and just incidentally, um, we've had a new guy come up doing sparring rounds with us. I mean, he, try, he tries to participate in the class, but with work, he gets there a little late. Um, this guy called Rick Salavary, he was one of the top welterweights and lightweights at one time. He's going to make a comeback now. And okay. um, so he's coming down to ours to get extra training and and he's trained with Nathaniel Woods and we was actually talking about him um, last week when we was training. And he gave me a little bit more insight on what he's like um, stylistically um, when he, you're training with him. And, you know, he said this kid's, you know, proper, legit, um, you know, really tight, correct striking. It's got really cunning ways to trip you down if that's where he wants to take it. Um, so, yeah, I just think this was down to um, experience. I think the fact that that second round had three breaks in the rhythm, I think this broke his con- concentration. Dobson's been there a million times. I think the thing that went against Dobson in terms of experience was he was a little sleepy in that first round, um, but he, he soon got his groove, and he just got better and better throughout the round, uh, For sorry, throughout the fight. Yeah, he did,
1: yeah. Um, and like you say, it's not... Um... It's certainly not a case with Nathaniel Wood where you're looking at it and thinking, "Oh, he's lost the fight; he could be, you know, dropped or whatever from the UFC." Because I think everybody can see the potential for where he can go, and and there's not many fighters who go their whole career without losing. Mm. Let's face it; Um, there's very very few. Everyone takes a loss, particularly when you're young, Um, Mm. and it's just about how he reacts to that loss now. Um, And I'm sure sure. that he'll, uh, you know, he'll do all the right things. Hopefully, he'll get if not got any uh, medical suspension, then he can get back into it relatively soon. But yeah. well,
0: I imagine he's going to have some stitches in that eye. I think that was actually a headbutt. Yeah, you know, they clashed heads. Also. I think didn't they? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So you know, you'll have to have a little time off to rehabilitate that. But um, yeah, he, he'll be okay. He'll be back.
1: Yeah, and you know, overall, I don't think it was like a like a bad performance, if you want to say, or like a. You know, he didn't he wasn't terrible by any means. Um, I think he himself will probably think or hope or wish that he would have done a bit better or done himself a bit, you know, better better in compared to how he we you know, he knows in himself he could fight. But I certainly yeah. think he showed enough
0: to uh, say that there. he can push it, on. Yeah, he's he's up there. Um he just needs a little bit more maturity um to to deal with these More unusual aspects of this sport, which with those interruptions, I think uh, he'll mature into it all. I'm sure. Um, I mean, we could be wrong about the whole lot, we can uh, surmise what we think. I I just think that's where we saw changes happen. Um, And I just think now he's experienced it, you know, he'll be a little bit more the wiser next time around. Um, He's going to come back. He's he's such a young kid and so full of talent. And, um, you know, there was nothing concussive about what we saw. Uh, he'd, be, he'd be back in no time at all. We'd be seeing him, you know, summertime or before. I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. move, moving on to
1: the main card yeah. was uh, Lando Venata versus uh, Yancy Medeiros. Uh,
0: yeah,
1: which was an interesting fight overall. Yeah,
0: um,
1: yeah. Venata yeah, I thought was I mean, very impressive.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen you know his fights before, um, as we have most of the fighters. Um, you know, he, he's no uh, no beginner at it in any stretch regards to UFC. But we, you know, we've seen, I've seen him with much more flamboyant striking. It seems that they both cancelled each other out stylistically a little bit, um, and they were both unable to look look really compelling. It looked very tit for tat. No one was landing anything that was. You know, hugely decisive at any time. Um, yeah, I found it a little frustrating to watch. It's like you're waiting for something big to happen, but nothing really ever did. Um, you know, maybe I've been spoilt with Lando's performances in the past Yeah, uh, and yeah. thought it was going to look like that. Um, he was using his hands a whole lot more, percentage wise. I think I've seen him use his kick so much more. Um, to see him just use hands as much as he did was a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, but that might be down to the fact that. You know, his opponent was, you know, tall, rangy and really awkward, constantly switching his stance. Um, I think that was what was perhaps make it a little bit awkward for him to do those big spinny kicks that we come accustomed to seeing him do.
1: Yeah, I think he nailed, like, um, I think he only nailed one high kick in the first round. Yeah. Which, yeah, you know, if you've watched a Ven- Venata fight any- at any point, you've seen him, you know, hitting spin kicks and high kicks quite regularly. Yeah. Um what I would call this fight, I think, from Lando's point of view, is professional in terms mm. of he did what he needed to do to win the fight without ever really looking like he was going to, you know, decisively finish it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you feel about uh, Yancy Mahid- Mahdiros's,
0: uh performance in that first round? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it was okay. It, it, you know, just nothing really bit home for him to work on. I think you know, as much as Lander was finding him hard to work out, I think Yancy was finding you know you know him hard to work out as well. I think they're both having trouble with their switching footwork. Um, they don't have a both have a um, uh, a tight guard in terms of their arm positioning. That they're, they're both quite arms aloft sort of thing. Um, uh, yeah. I, it was a difficult round to score. I suppose you could argue that you know, Lando was a little bit crispy with his shots. But the thing I noticed about Yancey was that um, you know he did nearly everything off of his lead side, even when he switched his stance. So if he was going to strike with his rear side, which was his right side, instead of him literally punching with his rear side, he would step through with it and um, you know and pull with it. He was never really trying to commit a real hard bite and strike. Um, whereas Lando would more often do that, which maybe mm. cast my eye to Lando's style more than uh, Yance's. Um, do, you think, yeah, was, do you think that was because he was expecting those uh, like
1: kind of high kicks and spin kicks? So he was almost yeah. hanging back a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was. It, it could have been, you know, that he wanted to really be switching with his stance as he comes in to make it a little bit harder for, for, for Landy to, to power up on those, you know, those big kicks of his. In which case, you know, that worked. But by the same token, it it also made Yancey not have anything that would ever look concussive. You know, whenever he did land on Yanni, it was, um, they were pouring shots at best. Yeah, there was
1: touches on him. There was nothing really, was there, which was ever getting Mm. through. Um, Venata hit a nice kick to the midsection uh, towards the end. They kind of exchanged a few combinations as the round finished, but nothing really got through where you were like, oh, yeah, yeah. here we go. There was that yeah. one high, one high kick at the start of the round from Lando. But again, it didn't, it wasn't like um, that Shevchenko kick, for instance, last week Not, where no, no, she no. was like, she nailed it straight in the side of the jaw and it just, nothing got through. So they ended up, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah like your uh, analysis saying they canceled each other out. Particularly yeah, in that first it, round is, uh, I would have gone for Landy winning the first round, though. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, I had, yeah I had Lando down 10-9 uh, ten, ten, for that yeah. round, and I think that so like, he just he felt a bit more crisper. He was. I also thought he pushed forward a little bit more. Um, yeah, he had Medeiros or Yancey, I think I'll go because I know no idea if I am pronouncing his name right. <laughs> yeah, um, they're not easy. I think I think um, he had Yancey against the cage a couple of times mm. without really pushing him, you know, holding him against the cage yeah, and yeah. doing damage. But he did come forward a bit more. But then, I think um, towards the sort of middle the latter part of the round, Yancey did try and come forward and he caught him with a left. Uh, mm. But, again, didn't get through. Um, so if yeah. we move on to that second round, um, it begins with uh, Lando attacking Yancey with some leg kicks. And um, uh Yancy responded with some hits to the with the right and uh Yancy nailed mid, I keep sorry Mate. Uh Lando oh, nails yeah. Yancy with the another kick to the midsection. And I thought that yeah. second kick, because he got one just in the towards the end of the first round. And I thought oh, that yeah. second one didn't like rock him, but I did think mm. I saw a bit of a a grimace. Um Yeah, yeah. My friend I mean,
0: caught
1: as you can say, my friend calls those um, those kicks to the like the midsection and the liver and that area. He calls them the the pan shitters because he said <laughs> if you just get it in the right place,
0: it's uh, it can be worse than getting one right in the jaw. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. They're not nice. They're, they're hard to recover from. Um, body shots normally when you've been winded in about if it's in the first round, that's a weakness in your game for the rest of that fight. Whereas you can shake the cobwebs off in terms of being. You know, knocked a little dizzy, you can recover. Mm. Um, but body shots they linger. Dead legs, they linger. You hurt your shin, you hurt your thigh, you you're carrying that for the rest of the bout, which is why you know you're seeing such a big thing on leg kicks at the minute. Right. Um, well you, how many you, people you, have we
1: you, seen walking on like one leg from leg kicks, yeah.
0: persistent leg kicks. Absolutely, yeah. It's um you know becoming a big part of the, the, the strategy for people now because you know it, it carries weight into later rounds it they accumulate. Um, so they could point scored not for just for the scorecard, but they're also great for the latter part to slow people up. Body shots notoriously slow you up because of you know take the wind out of you and um you know getting you know injuries to the legs and and getting dead legs uh, hurt hurt shins, it's gonna flatten your footwork uh, and make you inefficient, which also gasses you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we were seeing Landy mix it up a little bit more. Yeah, he was just a, bit, a little bit more diverse in his thinking and, and just getting a little bit more success. And they did clinch up a couple of times. And you saw, you know, that Landy was definitely the stronger of the two. Um, yeah, he seemed to throw him about as soon as they clinched up. Yancy mm. was getting thrown about and looking a little vulnerable there, looking the weaker of the two.
1: Yeah, I thought Lando hit a couple of nice combinations in this round. And I did feel mm. his striking. Uh, picked up a little bit in that second round Maybe it was a little bit more behind it Or a bit more accurate Maybe a bit more, bit, bit of a more pop pop yeah. behind it um, yeah, Without, no, without it You know without really Looking damage worthy It was just a yeah. bit sharper And a bit
0: Yeah he had his bit... successes But um, you know, like I say they, they, they were predominantly with his lead arm no, mm. no matter whether he threw a left or threw a right He switched his stance as he threw them um and so they, they inevitably were, were always jabs or lead hooks. Um, you know, it it just I don't know whether he just didn't have the the range management for the cross hand. Um you know, maybe he needs to work a little bit more on his actual boxing form. You know, I'm doing one to ones with my boxing coach at the minute and um one thing I'm finding is you know, if you're slightly off balance, you lead over your lean over your lead leg. Uh when you throw your jab, your cross hand ain't got a prayer of or truly landing on anyone with footwork skill so um you know maybe he's lacking a little bit of um, balance for his hands and um, that's why we see him stepping through as much as he did or it could have been the strategy to stop landy's you know flamboyant kicks um, you know we, we don't can't really truly know the reason why he did that but I felt that that went against him a little bit I just felt like landy could um, you know go it in with not really any fear that something hugely consequential was going to happen in return. No, um,
1: I was just going to say, Danny Batten just said he was with his boxing coach. Uh, so you heard it here first, Danny Batten preparing for his return to the MMA uh, cage to uh, regain his featherweight title.
0: No, you, you know why I'm, I'm doing it? I'm doing it because these youngsters, um, there's a few of them that I predominantly lose against now when I'm doing MMA rounds. And um, when some of these other youngsters are really chasing at my tail already, so um, uh, I just felt like I need to make improvements with my, my my hands and my balance again. So I always go back to my boxing coach. Every year I go back for a string of uh, one-to-ones and EMOTs my game. So, you know, quite often he'll go over stuff that I've you know, gone over many times before. It's not like you know it, but you're unaware of what you're doing because you're just doing it. Um, and uh, I've noticed there's been an issue with my balance now when I'm doing pads with him. He uh, got a very, very clever eye, Um for, for for you know the reasons why something ain't working for you when he yeah. sees you striking, you go "Okay, you're doing your jab and you're not putting your right heel to the mat, so you're not pushing through with your lead hit when you're throwing your jab, so it's going to be short. If that's short, you ain't got a chance of making your cross land." Things like that. You know, he's a very clever man.
1: Yeah, I was going to say all the whatever sport it is, whether it's combat sports or football or rugby or whatever, or even athletics, and uh, you know, the very best coaches are able to watch someone go through their you know the motions of the sport, yeah. and they pick up on the technical aspects, which is causing certain you know the outcome to not be what you want it to be, or whatever yeah, issue yeah. it may be. You're able to pick it up, and you know that's what the very best do. Which you can yeah, get at yeah. BST, BST Academy. The live advert. So yeah, the second round was very similar to the first in terms of yeah. there was nothing really significant in terms of getting through but yeah, Lando did pick up his strike in a bit. Um, yeah. And then right at, towards the end of the round, uh, Lando backed up uh, Yancey against the cage. He sort of, uh, yeah. not against the cage, but he backed him up, uh, hit him with a right hook, um, yeah. grabbed him and he had him against the cage wall very, very briefly. And then yeah. Lando really did stun uh, Yancey with another kick to the midsection. And I think yeah. that was the one right as the round ended. Where you could yeah. see the, yeah. know, it was affecting him. That was the third time he'd been caught there, and yeah. that third one looked, without looking brutal, it didn't look yeah. pleasant. No, not all. But I mean, I think particularly for like casual viewers of MMA and boxing, is sometimes they write off these kind of body shots as, or you know, because they're not the big knockout, they don't mm. perhaps appreciate the damage that they do over. Three or five rounds in an MMA fight, or twelve rounds in a boxing match. That you know yeah. those blows to the ribs and the and the legs. So it's um, it's interesting to get your you know someone of your stature get explaining that. Yeah, uh,
0: look, the body kicks and and you know, or body punches uh, and leg kicks. There, it's like um you know if you want to chop down a tree, you, you can't just go up to a tree and push it over. It, it just doesn't mm. happen. Um, you know you got to chop at it. And then you've got to chop at it in the correct type of way, you know, for it to fall in the right direction so they don't fall on you and sort of thing. There's there's a technique to it. And you know, if you want to knock someone out, you know, it's really hard to knock someone out when they've got full footwork and full set of lungs on them. So if you body mm. shot someone, um, start working at their legs, either one of those makes them more static. And the more static they are, uh, the more they're hurting, the less clarity of mind they have the more chance you have of landing that headshot that will knock them out so it's all part of knocking down that tree um it's a huge part you know if you just become a headhunter yeah you can still do it but um it's going to be a a really uh, you know difficult quest if that's what you're getting seen to be doing time after time if if they know you're just a headhunter you are limiting your tool set at the end of the day um and people will cotton on and stop being elusive it's a little bit like um, Jesse Older. You know, he was smacking people's legs up. People got on to that and started adjusting their footwork, adjusting their range of uh, boxing to avoid it. And he, you actually see him become more and more ineffective. Um, mm. he, wasn't, that he was doing the kicks and they were, he was unable to do the kicks. People began to know he hunted for them and they took that equation. And some of the rounds that, um, and fights that Jesse Older was losing was the fact that he started getting um, slightly outboxed and outworked because um, he couldn't, couldn't work the legs anymore. So, you know, things evolve. You can't just hunt for one thing. You, you, you've got to work the full aspect of the potential of MMA. That's why strategy is so hugely important. You could be equal in terms of technique um, and skill and ability, but strategy strategies where it's going steer it, to steer it in your favour.
1: Yeah, I think whether you're looking, at, whether if a fighter is just looking for KOs or they're just looking for their t- jiu-jitsu or wrestling or whatever it is, if you are one-dimensional, when you get mm. to the high level fighters, or even mm. fighters who have got a high level coaching unit behind them,
0: yeah. they'll
1: pick up on those things and you get found out very quick. Um yeah. just to point out as well that uh Modestus and uh Tom Mearns both from you know, who obviously train with you, uh both spoke very, very highly of your uh strategic MMA mind. Mm-hmm. Oh so well, there we go. I,
0: I'll take that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So when you go when you go to the gym now, tomorrow you have a t shirt saying best st- strategic mind in the gym. <laughs> Absolutely. So um other, that's what I was gonna ask you very quickly before we go on to the third round. Um in terms as of as a fighter, would you rather take take persistent kicks to the legs or like body shots into the ribs and midsection? Ooh,
0: that's like over a...
1: three rounds or five rounds?
0: It's like, it's that different but same. Mm. <laughs> um, that's such a hard one to answer. It really is. Because it takes one decent leg kick and it can put you out. You, you, yeah. You're finished. Same with a body kick. Um, I, I'm going to say the legs, for the simple fact that you have, there is a way to condition your legs. Uh, to be able to take the punishment more body shots, you can only work so much with it it's really breathing out your shots and angling away from the power of the kick or the punch when it's coming in, so you have got to breathe properly, you've got to have a right concave to your body, so you don't want to be upright because your lungs press forward um, which is what marathon runners do, any long distance runner will run upright to open up their lungs um, but as a striker you sit your, your body back or oh, correct me, yeah. reverse <laughs> uh, you want your body like so um, my think, tip of my fingers being the head, um, you set your lungs back, um, and you've got to breathe out at the point of impact. So there is technique to try to resist those body shots, but I would say that's much harder to prepare for uh, than you know. If you know you're going up someone who likes to hack at the legs, you can prepare your legs to a point. Um, I always had very well conditioned legs. I learnt my lesson um, as you do throughout your fight career i thought this guy called Neil mcleod always stand by the fact that he gave me the hardest fight I ever had in the very early days he was like a european tide champion he's like a world stick fighting champion this guy knows everything about pain and, and um, how to give it um i could barely walk for days after he, he really nice. packed my legs up and and that day onwards i conditioned my legs and um i never went through the same issue again uh, so it was a big lesson learned there. So I respect the leg kicker because I've been on the receiving mm. end. And um, I likewise put people on the receiving end um, by learning that that's a great tool. Um, I took that from him. Um, i become a good leg kicker after this fight um, because I knew what it did to me. Yeah, I mean, you see some of the guys, like,
1: you know, even years and years ago, but like see some of the guys these days and their leg kicks are like rockets. And they sound like like thunder as they're smashing yeah. into people's legs. They're so quick, and obviously, it's a lot easier to hide a leg kick than it is to hide like a you know like a a spinning head kick or, or whatever. Yeah, you know you can disguise a leg a low
0: kick relatively easy. I would imagine. Yeah, you can certainly get in. It's easier to get in, and it's less consequential if you kick at the body. There is a chance they can catch the kick, yeah, um, and, and take you down um it takes more energy to get your leg that much higher as well um you do lose a little element of power the higher you kick naturally um so there's you know there's force and against either or um but of course hitting at the body don't just have to be kicks it can be punches too
1: Right, right okay let's move to the third round of uh, Lando versus yes. Yancy uh what did, yeah. you, oh, did you have the second round to Lando as well yeah
0: again um, yeah, just because everything that you know he did do when it landed just looked like it had more meat on it. Um, yeah, yeah, just similar, similar to the first. Uh, they was both getting into their groove a little bit more. He was seeing a little bit more from each of them, but I just felt like it was always slightly in Lando's favor each time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. So he, he really he was two rounds up comfortably uh, yeah. going into that third round. How did you see that third round? Yeah, that third round. Um, yeah, Yancey had probably more success in that third round than he did any other, but his face was beginning to wear the damage. He was bleeding from the nose very early on in that third round. Um, but he he actually rocked. I can't remember exactly when it was. Uh, I think it was right about the halfway mark, maybe just past, that Yancey actually rocked uh, Lando with a, it looked like a one-two. Um, it was all quite quick when it happened. But, you know, it rocked him momentarily. That just couldn't follow up. You know, happening late in the third round, they're both a little fatigued. Um, yeah, it just couldn't make any more of it once he landed those two. Uh, but he had successes. But I just, again, felt like Lando was always the one that was being more successful, although not as successful as we've seen him in the past against other fighters. But this is probably due to the fact that Yancy knew what he's capable of and, and made Lando less effective than we normally see him. Yeah, what was
1: interesting I thought of the third round is that Venata was obviously clearly two rounds up. Um but he began the round charging at Yancey, uh yeah. kind of having a few swings. Um yeah. he and then he finally goes for this uh, for a spinning back kick, um yeah. which is then Yancey goes forward, he takes a few swings. Um it didn't take long though after that sort of little flurry uh, in yeah. the opening moments. Uh, Lando yeah. then goes back to attacking the you know the legs with some low kicks yeah. um not a great deal else outside of what you just said and what I've just said. Um yeah Lando hit a couple of combinations uh Yancy like you say rocked him very very briefly yeah um he did um Lando was looking for a sorry a takedown and Yancy kind of ca- counted it with a pretty strong elbow strike. Um, yeah. And then he, Lando kind of finished off then with just a, a couple of combinations. And yeah. as, it fin- as the round finished, Lan- uh, Yancey was sort of swinging away. But I felt like maybe he left, it, left that flurry of being a bit more aggressive and swinging. Maybe left it a little bit late. Maybe he could have yeah. pushed, for, pushed forward a bit earlier because, you know... It, it was yeah. relatively relatively clear that he was two rounds down, so maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he should have been the one charging uh, at the yeah. third round rather than I think Rando. so.
0: But can you imagine trying to charge at someone like Lando? He's yeah, got such sick footwork. He's one of these guys who leaves his arms down by his side um, and and uses elusivity in, in in the form of his footwork. And he does bob and weave his head a lot. He's obviously you know got a really fast eye uh, and mm. and reactions to his. Two, two things that are coming towards him. So you know, going at someone like that—it must be quite hard. It must be quite hard. Um, you know, because this guy can do single strike counters, it, which makes it all all a bit deft to find to just go and chase someone down like that. Um, yeah. So I, I, you are right. Yancy should have really just gone all out to try and catch him with something. Try and really steal the round big and, and maybe create a stoppage. But I just felt like maybe he just didn't have anything to put to him to question what was already happening. Because each round was so, so similar to, to the previous. Couldn't find the answers. It must be, it must be hard trying to nail uh, someone who
1: is so quick and elusive as Lando. Particularly, yeah. like you say, when you know that if you do go and try and hunt him down, And you miss your attempt at a strike, he's going to be able to nail you with a quick shot, which could potentially knock you out. Yeah. So it's, I guess, you've got to pick your moments. Obviously, speaking as as a non-fighter, I'm guessing you've got to pick your moments. But equally, you know, if he if he wants to win that fight, he's got to win. He's got to probably finish it in the third round, uh, Yancy. So he's maybe should have done it a bit early. But overall, I thought Lando was pretty impressive without being. Yeah, incredible.
0: We, we saw a calmer Lando, I mean, we've seen him coming out, you know, busting loads of energy on kicks, that, that great to watch for some of them would miss a mile as well, um, Yeah, obviously got incredible fitness to be able to keep doing that as much as we've seen him do in the past, but yeah, it was like he, we saw a more mature him, um, whether it's maybe his fitness wasn't up there as much as he was, or whether it's the styles that stopped him being the way we've seen him in the past, I think it was a good thing that we what we saw. We we did see him look more mature. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether he has that same theme going into um, his next fight. Yeah, like I said at, at the start of the fight, I think it was a very professional uh,
1: performance. Um yeah, and like you say, agree. he was calmer, maybe more a bit more precise than normal. Um, yeah, without those kind of. Exciting uh, potential knockouts uh, yeah. involved. Uh, yeah. Next up, we had Rogero Bon torin
0: versus Ray Borg. Um, yes. So, yeah, was it Ray Borg? Was... He was. He didn't make weight, did he? Is that right? Uh, I don't know if you heard about that. Uh, heard right, about I'd, a,
1: I'd have to double check that, but yeah, I, I take your word. Take your word for it. Got yeah, finish. I
0: believe he missed uh, weight uh, slightly because um, he's mm. come down,
1: hasn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's come down uh, a weight. Um, I'm surprised for that because uh, he's normally one who's really good. Um, yeah. But it shows how difficult it is to come down a weight, particularly yeah. if you're as big as or the size of Ray Borg. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's still then, isn't it, to make that weight. But if sure. you're going to come down, i have got to make that weight, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But, um, yeah, what good fight. Um I really enjoyed this. Fight. It Was exciting, wasn't it? Yeah, it it was really exciting. Um, it was one of those ones that very quickly got a theme. Once one fighter got success over the other, um, it kind of set a precedent for the rest of the fight. Um, but when that, I'm just trying to get this fight up, cause I to, yeah, he did. Um, uh,
1: he did miss. He missed weight, and uh, apparently his opponent was not happy.
0: Yeah, just yeah, really yeah, well. yeah. I mean, you really shouldn't be doing that at this level. It's pretty. You know, it's not acceptable. To be fair, um, right. So, while you are you the look?
1: I'll um, go on.
0: Yeah, this this fight was um, you know, really good. But when when Ray bought, his he, wrestling wrestling. He's he switched it up. I mean, yeah, you 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 don't see someone get out wrestled like that very often, other than when you see Khabib. But um, he dropped levels. Um, he was switching from doubles into singles. Um, going to the back um i think once he tasted that success and the ease of how he got what he wanted he knew exactly where to go to each time um you know he, yeah he had it where he and, wanted didn't he yeah and his elbow strikes once he did succeed with the takedown oh it, it, it looked brutal it really did look brutal yeah there was a
1: couple which um quite nasty those elbows, that you were thinking, oh, don't know, not sure how many of those you could take.
0: Mm.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I felt like once he got him down that first time, yeah. he knew, didn't he? He knew, right? This is it now. If if I I can take it, almost take him down at will. I know that's. Like, yeah. I don't want to sound disrespectful to his opponent, but it did not. feel like once he did it, and he realised the ease at how he did it. Yeah, he yeah. was almost like, uh, yeah, right. This is it.
0: Uh, this and- is what we're
1: doing. This is what we're doing tonight. And uh, the uh, his opponent did not have uh,
0: an answer. No, and Bontarin he looks like a strong dude as well. Um, mm. You know, he, he looks like a specimen. But yeah, I mean, technique will you know outdo that physique if you're if you're lacking mm. by a considerable margin. They look like two different levels of wrestlers. Um, yeah, so yeah, we, we, we see the takedown and from there, I d- really good control um, and ferocious looking ground a pound because um, Bontorin was trying to get his uh, guard up high um, mm. and he's doing a good job to try and get it up but the consequence of getting coming up high is that the, you know, if you're trying to get a high guard on someone who's trying to get a high posture, the risk is that they obviously can come raining down with some big shots. It's really quite hard in MMA to 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 work a high guard with someone who's going to have devastating potential ground and pound like that. How he never got opened up, I never know. Um, yeah, just didn't same. quite land right. But he 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 wore the threat of those elbows very very well. He, he come out relatively unscathed. Um, but yeah. Uh, uh Bonterin really really struggled it looked like he just did not have an answer for the wrestling did not have a, an answer for the ground game um he had enough to keep surviving um but after that first round he was left with some big questions going back um yeah i, 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 I would have liked to have seen him try to stay on the feet more but you know it just kept getting put to the ground time time again he had, he had no <laughs> no ability to stop it it appeared
1: it must be um, as a fighter. Once you get into a fight and you realize that you've got uh, a tool which is doing the mm-hmm. job so uh, so easily, or so, you know, doing it well, it must be difficult to not keep going back to it. Yeah. If you know what I mean, yeah. because well, it's working, and it did you know, work. Yeah. Even as the, what, what even as the fight do? went on, he didn't have an answer for it, did he? You know, um, it's not like he struggled in the first round with it and then. As the second round went, he started to get to grips with it. He struggled to do anything from the take to defend the takedown throughout the whole fight. Yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. So, like you say, you know, Borg took him down quite a few times. I think it was three or three times in the first round. Three, four times, yeah. Um, And he was hitting him with elbow strikes, ground and pound. Um, And as the round finished, he scored another takedown and he had him. gets half guard and Borgs lands, lands the the ground and pounds yep. to finish the finish the round um, yep. comfortable 10-9
0: or a 10-8 yeah do you think a 10-8 uh, not, uh, not quite uh, a 10 uh, to, to me a 10-8 would have to be like a domination whereas with something consequential uh, I would have uh, for, to score a 10-8 I, I think I want to see you know a punch that rocks the guy that leads to him to be taken down and getting ground and pounded and maybe have a a back take with a submission attempt as well Yeah, you know, I would, I would score a 10-8 where awesome. it's been dominated on all areas of course if it is just left on the feet and the guy and even trying to take it to the ground if he's just chasing around locking him dizzy all the time for a whole round then you, you know you can also give it a yeah. 10-8 um, I wouldn't say it's quite a 10-8 but it's just certainly did. a very dominant 10-9 mm. Yeah I think so um, Borg couldn't have done much more I don't think in that first no, round No 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 it, it was great without um, overworking himself and overexerting himself um he did did just as bad as good as anyone could against uh that guy in the first round um yeah he's so there, you, we've got gone yeah oh, he's we've got the sec- that second round yeah, yeah the yeah, second yeah, round yeah. um and as the second round you know he he come chasing straight for him he knew what he wanted um fronting um, he did good trying to defend it for for a bit he was defending that single Um, And it looked like he was going to get himself out. But the relentless pressure of Borg, he just kept on at him and just got him where he wanted to again. But um, it was good because he he, he caught the knee, um, Bjorg, and then he went up to the waist. Then he went to the single. Then he went to go back to the waist again. But it looked like it was going to slip away from him. But he persisted back, driving back up with that single leg um, and got the hips back into play and then went to the back standing up from there. Um, Then he dumps him down. Uh, face first which you don't see very often you know no. so often we see takedowns or throws being to the side or or uh, over the back but to be picked up and thrown to your front like that you don't normally see which worked out well because that's what was getting him to the back position um so good because he's throwing him face first to the ground uh and then yeah, we went... saw stuck on the back didn't we for quite some time you know trying to work yeah, that I choke that. i was there for well i think a minute and a half two minutes yeah, he was hunting for that
1: rear naked choke, wasn't he? And um mm. he was still attacking him with strikes as well. Um, eventually, uh, Bonatorin manages to sort of shake him off his back, but he literally almost straight away takes him down again. Um, and he gets the ground a pound, and then Bonatorin yeah. stands up again, but Borg jumps on his back just as the round ends. Yeah, um, yeah, So yeah. that second round, like Bonatorin did better with his defense. But ultimately, yep. Ray Borg is—you know—he's dominating him with his wrestling, and then he's looking for the rear naked choke or he's looking for a ground opponent, and, and he's got it. Uh, yeah, more, mean,
0: more, you know, more often than not, if if a wrestler is is getting that that kind of deep shoot, um, you know, you will be able to fend one or two transitions, but they're not going to get tired because this is what they do day in and day what they've done since kids. Quite often, um, he, he just. Yeah, he got put into his world. Um, He did okay, but it was only ever going to go one way. And uh, Ray Borg knew that, and so he kept putting it there. Um, I think he was struggling with the finish because he chose to do a body triangle. I think when you do body triangle, it's quite hard to finish with a rear naked choke because you can't penetrate your hips through. Whereas if you have hooks in, you can push your hips in to stretch their body out to pull up on the neck, um, which consequently makes the chin lift. Um, and you can get a cleaner choke. Doing a body triangle, they can stoop forward, keep their chin low, um, and they can access your wrists. Um, so it, it wouldn't be my preferred choice for a control while trying to choke someone. I'd use the body triangle more to try and you know, work angled elbows, maybe. Um, okay. But I think that's possibly why you know we wasn't seeing a finish there because of his choice of control.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's make no mistake. Uh, Ray Borg is a high-level wrestler as well. Um, yeah. You know, he's not uh, like a beginner or a you know, a rookie. He's uh, he's wrestling at a very high level. Um, yes. and what a tour in. didn't really have an answer for it. Uh, so so ten nine again in the second round there for I Red guess. Walk
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, convincing ten nine. And um, you know, I began to think, well, you know, this is gonna be an exciting third round because I thought Bonusorin was gonna come out absolutely chasing him down. Um but again, like I say, he went back to his corner, come back with no real answers to the issues in hand. Yeah. Um, although you did see a little fatigue creeping in. Ray Borg, was kept, although he got his takedowns early, the takedowns started not to be slams. He was really picking them up and turning him in the air for the first two takedowns in the third round. But as the round progressed, um, you know, he was still getting him down, but it was more dragging him down. Uh, but I think it was just all too late. He, he still had enough fuel to get all the way home. Um, yeah, I felt sorry for <laughs> for because I uh, kind I'd of experienced that helplessness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the time I get to experience it when I'm facing some of my students that have got a weight advantage on me and they're sort of half my age, and um, you kind of that helpless feeling is just, just awful. <laughs> when you when you start to get fatigued as well. It limits your strategical approach to the the situation in hand. So, I've really felt for him, and um, he did what he could. Uh, he has to go away and become better if he wants to face people like Ray Borg. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, I without going back, I'm not going to go back through that round three because it's a lot more of the same. same. Um, yeah. And like you say, the first couple of rounds he was picking him up and overpowering him that way. Whereas yeah. as the fatigues snacking for borg as well yeah he's just dragging him to the floor whereas like you say you know wrestlers high level wrestlers have been doing it since they were kids so they're used to just yeah. wrestling 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 yeah. over and over again day in day out so yeah. you know it makes no difference to him whether he's throwing you to the floor or dragging you down uh yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, with just sheer power um and even as the round finishes, Borg attacks him with some ground a pound and he gets up and he drags him back down to the ground yeah. as the Smothering. round's finishing. Um so yeah, comfortable uh, unanimous decision. Uh I had it as thirty twenty-seven, ten-nine in every round. Uh, exactly one judge yeah. one one judge had it as thirty twenty-five, uh, but the other two had it as yeah, thirty
0: twenty-seven. I can understand that, but you know, for
1: me personally. Which you know, yeah, which rounds do you think? The judge that judge gave as a 10-8. Uh,
0: I would say it would have been the second and the third. The fact that in, in the third, he wished, it, it was just kind of all over him. Um, yeah, the second, but he was gone finish finishes, finishes as well, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, the second one was the one that he looked like he could try and put him away with a submission, but um, yeah, I think thereafter they got well. too gassed to. Uh, mm. Yeah, obviously, you know, we can only surmise he had a bit of a weight cut issue, which would have taken some zest out of him. Um, Yeah, if he can if he can put that way, and Rage Borsch can carry on performing the way he has done, he's going to be a exciting prospect.
1: Yeah, that weight could be good for him. It's a shame that he didn't make weight, because if he had yeah. made weight and then performed like that, it's yeah. really impressive, isn't it? But they're, they're, yeah. they're missing the weight. Kind of takes yeah, the edge put, off the performance a little
0: bit. Put a little, put a little shadow over the performance. Um, but yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves and and, and be too crazy harsh. Uh, as much as I really do find it unacceptable for you not to be able to make weight on such a big event. Um, it is a new weight division for him. Yeah. As uh, long as he puts this wrong right and he can perform at, at, at this weight by making weight, we uh, can see him making weights in that division. Absolutely, I agree completely uh, Next up was Brock
1: Weaver Versus Kazula Vargas It didn't. It lasted four minutes uh, uh, yeah. Ended yeah. in disqualification Via a legal knee strike The first of the year
0: Yeah, and what a <laughs> knee strike it was I mean, it really hit hard uh, Yeah, it was nasty um, Absolutely right that the ref stopped it Because I, I think initially the fighter wanted to carry on But I don't think <clears throat> he was fully aware what happened to him No, no um, But his arms went out straight um, and his body jolted as he received the knee as well. His body really jolted as he, as he collapsed down because um, he barely got up onto his side. And he definitely w- was not, not, even on his way up really um, when he yeah. received that knee. Do you know what I it's found really weird about it?
1: Yeah, I do think it's inexcusable this one, because what I found weird about this one is this wasn't a case of, uh, you know, like where they've changed the rules about one hand on the floor and yeah, uh, Two hands on the floor, etc. So when it's like that, and they've got one hand on the floor, I can understand the confusion for some fighters where they're adapting to the or where they were sure. adapting to those new rules. But this wasn't that. No, he was he was, <laughs> this was he was down, and he just cracked him. I don't know whether it was yeah. a rush of blood or what, but
0: yeah, uh, no, this was this was um, completely um, illegal, no matter what. <laughs> you know, it's it wasn't even uh, on his way. I don't know what the guy was thinking, he caught up in the moment, but I, I don't know, at this level, you shouldn't be inexperienced to be kneeing someone who's pretty much on his side. Yeah. Um, it, it was a disgusting knee. Um, very lucky he didn't could've, get opened up with it.
1: Could have done some real damage, you know, yeah. um, to to crack someone in, in the head, like with your knee yeah. like that is you could do some real damage, which is why the rules are there about, you yeah. know, downed opponents and... Uh, knee strikes. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be happy if uh, you know
0: if I was uh, Brock Weaver. I would be very upset. Yeah, 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 and rightly so. Um, which was a shame because up until then, the, the, the performance was looking very good. Um, you know, very aggressive. Um, too much so <laughs> because uh, it, it went to a point it, of being a bit illegal, carried away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a shame. It was a shame. What do
1: you think that is? Like, do you think it's just a rush of blood where he was being aggressive and he just kind of did it without thinking? Yeah, I I mean, what he's
0: thinking, but it just seems a strange one. I'm guessing we've all got a different level of animal in us. Um, and this guy's obviously got an animal type instinct. Um, I know he doesn't hold back in saying about how courageous he is and how he's, he's obviously got that mindset. Um, he's got the mindset to kill and, uh, that's the way he does it, and uh, unfortunately, it's gonna lead sometimes to situations like this. I'm guessing if he you know, get, gets let the occasion get away with himself, I think it's maybe he had such a dominant position so early on, he had all this pent up energy, and he's just responding at first instinctual thought. Um, the head become available to him, and he need it. Uh, it's not my way of thinking, but you know, you've got to understand that different fighters um, have a different way of approaching these fights, and this guy's obviously the type that sees it as a as a real fight, um, and he just responded on, saw a target, and he hit out at it, with what was available, which was his knee, doesn't make it right, it wasn't right, um, I hope you don't see that again, because um, I think if he makes a habit of that, he'll be out of UFC pretty quick.
1: Yeah, definitely, uh, next up was, uh, Montana De La Rosa, defeated, uh, Mara Romero Barella, uh, by unanimous yeah. decision, 30-27, 30, 27, 30, 27, 30 27. Uh, yeah, This, I thought this was quite an exciting fight, quite an
0: interesting fight at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, No, I enjoyed this. Um, You know, saw a little bit of striking, we saw a little bit of grappling, Um, some good wrestling from both. Uh, I quite liked Mm. it. Uh, It was a good, good technical bout throughout. Um, Yeah, it it had my eyes glued to the screen, this one. Um, Yeah, very, very enjoyable.
1: Yeah, so the round um, began, uh, De La Rosa. And Barella, they pretty much come swinging out at each other straight away. They didn't hang about uh, having yeah. a look at each other. Uh, De La yeah. Rosa goes for the high kick. Then Barella takes, gets, uh, scores a takedown. Yes. But, uh, De La Rosa was able to get back up, but ate a few strikes on the way up. Uh, De La yeah. Rosa, then she scored a, a take. Sorry, she De La Rosa scores a takedown on Barella. Barella scrambles back to get control. Um, it was very back and forth those early moments.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it was it, it, in in the first round. It was you know, you know very back and forth forwards. Um, uh, but like I say, you know, I, I, from both parts, I, I was impressed with with both their games, and um, it, it really left me wondering how that second round was going to go. You know, there was not a strong precedent set by either of them going into that second round. So you know, the first round was what it was. I was really curious uh, and, and on the edge of my seat a little bit on seeing how this would go in the second round. Um, and, um, you know, we got to see some, some good wrestling exchanges and um, some good uh, grappling and some good control as well. Um, yeah, um, typical uh, of the ladies. You know, I, I love watching them, as you know. Um, saw a lot of technicalities going on. We've... Um,
1: last three shows i think we've some of the women's bouts have been incredible yeah um, we've been really really treated to some high level uh women's mma um, yeah you know in and in different ways wasn't there? there There was the one uh before i think it was the holly home fight where it, which was exceptional uh, mm. on the ground and then yeah. you had shevchenko last week just unbelievable striking yeah um, and then you've got one like this which is back and forth um and even as the round finished, they were side uh, of Della Rosa scrambled to her feet. She gets back. She jumps on the back of the standing Barella, and then Della yeah. Rosa gets off her back, and she lands a few knee strikes as the round ends. Um, I had this one marginally to Della Rosa, only yeah. m- marginally though.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, mainly for the the grappling control. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Oh, she uh, she Absolutely. was she had a
1: bit more. She was a bit more aggressive, and uh, she had just a bit more about. Yeah, her. I think it was close, though. Um Yeah, yeah, definitely. Round round two begun with uh, De La Rosa attacking Borella with a kick to the midsection, Um we've seen a few of them throughout the evening, yeah. uh, and this one was no less uh, painful looking. Uh, Barella cracked De La Rosa with a few rights in return. Rosa uh, charges at Borella, swinging at her. Uh, De La Rosa dragged Barella to the ground, uh, she literally just dragged her to, yeah, the ground, yeah, she um, managed to get back control uh, she peppered her with some sort of strikes um, and then she transitioned from uh, to side control where she was able she wasn't able to do much from the side control which meant she kind of returned to back control um, mm. and she was attacking with the ground of pound and the round ended, I thought Della Rosa took that round a bit more comfortably than the first.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she started to really, you know, show dominance in the ground arts. You know, she really did. She was, she was um, showing really good composure, really good control. She never looked like she was going to do something that might lose the position. She just kept no. real composed, um, you know, trying for the subs, looking for the strikes. It was a very steady, dominant performance in that second round. Yeah,
1: she kind of adjusted her position well as well, didn't she? You know, if if yeah. she couldn't she couldn't get the submission from the back, she'd moved to the side and all the while she was, you know, she, she kept working with strikes to make sure the referee yeah. didn't uh get over excited and stand them up and yeah, I yeah, thought so yeah. she was impressive. Uh yeah, yeah. third round was much of the same. They start swinging at each other and they weren't afraid, you know, every round really. They start, you know, they didn't eye each other up or anything. They were straight in, Mm. looking for those strikes. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Barella, she held her form like she was the better striker. Um, mm. She she had slightly tighter form. She looked like she could stalk well, but when she threw her shots, her shots were. She was throwing her hands kind of short. They were like, um, yeah, they were like peppering. They, They weren't. She weren't ripping her shoulders. She, she was punching from the shoulder, not ripping her shoulder. She wasn't getting a whole of her body twisting into a shot. She kind of clustered and crowded her own work a little bit. Um, you know, but she, she looked like she should have struck better with the look of her form of her guard than she actually did. And of course, uh, De La Rosa cracks her, doesn't she? And knocks her off her feet, knocks her back. Um, and then we're back into the ground scenario again, uh, where she didn't look like she had many answers. And, and there it stayed for much of the round. Yeah.
1: It uh, spent a long time on the second part of the round. Um, yeah, and you're right. I think Barella, similar to the uh, the earlier fight with Ray Borg, she didn't have those answers on the ground. Whilst uh, whilst it was stood up, like mm. you say, she technically looked pretty good. She just yeah. didn't have the the defence almost to do anything off the ground. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. She, so De La Rosa dropped it with a right, and she gets the top yeah.
0: control. That- that surprised me because like I say, Borella's form was really good. I was actually surprised the shot got through like that. Mm. Um to kind of like really jolted me with a little surprise. Um I was thinking, oh crikey, no, she's she's gotta really make a play to get back to her feet real quick, but she didn't. She she uh, accepted that back position a little bit too willingly. You know, maybe it you know knocked her dizzy more than we realised. Yeah. But she kind of then got stuck on her back and it wasn't you know, forecasting well for her. Yeah, and she, she kind of she took some ground to pound from the
1: from the ground, obviously. Um, and then De La Rosa is finishing the round. She's trying to get an arm uh, arm triangle choke um, triangle. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, the round ends comfortable victory, but exciting. Yeah, absolutely enjoyable
0: fight to watch. It was a good, clean, technical bout. I, I enjoyed watching it. There were some really nice takedowns. I don't know what you would call them, but where they're behind um, and De La Rosa was stepping. Um, to go you know trip her back. Um it was, yeah you know, it was a nice take now. Um there was good good little exchanges there. Um there was just you know there was no real close submissions that had you on the edge of your seat really. No. Um, and there was no huge consequential ground and pound that made you go ooh or ah but the fight was a good clean, you know, technical bout Um and I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah I thought um I th- Thought Montana uh, Della Rosa looked about as impressive as she could have without finishing the fight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay, now for the the controversial fight, I suppose um, it annoyed me. I got to say, so I might have a little rant about this. But uh, yeah. Diego Sanchez versus Michelle Pereira. Um, yeah. Okay, give me your overall thoughts before we go round by round.
0: Um, confused. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Diego, I've been a fan of his courageous mentality to the sport. Um, you know, I, I know I, I, am I'm, I'm quite stubborn in my mind in terms of when I spar and when I fought, I was always quite stubborn to not back down from people coming at you hard, etc. blah, blah, blah. Um, this guy impressed me for the fact that he, he would go at someone no matter what, no matter what the consequences he takes to fight to people. Um, I know he's got good ground skills and, and reasonable wrestling, but he's never looked a great striker, but he's always willing to trade with much better strikers than himself and just outwork them and, and, and be so, so, so tough and durable that I think he's pulled off wins just because they've tried to defeat this guy that's feels it undefeatable, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. He just seems to swallow punishment and have cardio for for days. Um, but we didn't see that Diego Santis. I, I was left scratching my head um, Like I say, you know, He's never been a strategical fighter He fights the same way every single time He do not really press move if striking But he's willing to trade shots And he grinds people down He makes it a messy affair um, But it can be so good to work, watch You normally see some blood You see him getting rocked You see him rocking someone else um, Always has a crazy Crazy um, Crazy fight but this just wasn't. It was, it was him footwork in a way. I don't know whether it was the size of Pereira, because Pereira is big at the weight. It really is. He's tall, yes. very athletic. But if we've seen one thing from Pereira, is that his cardio ain't good. and Particularly if you make a messy fight of it, which you would think would suit Diego Sanchez. Um, why didn't he press forward and, and 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 make a grind from the get-go to try to take this thing out of the tower of Pereira? Was he intimidated by the size? Was his training camp not so good? Is it the fact that he's changed camps um, and they just don't have a clue? Because in between the rounds, nothing that should have been said was being said and uh, no changes were being made. It was baffling at that level.
1: Yeah, I number one, I thought the, the, the team for Diego Sanchez in between rounds, I thought they were dreadful. Um, yeah, agreed. I thought they could have really helped him out during this fight for all the reasons that you've just said they needed yeah. to encourage him to fight his normal way uh, fight yeah. his you know make it a dirty fight make it yeah. press press Pereira because that would have yeah. suited him both for his own game but also made yeah. Pereira uncomfortable they yeah. just they didn't and the advice they
0: did give was it wasn't particularly yeah. uh I didn't actually- or impressive they didn't actually tell him how to infiltrate a plan. No. They didn't give him a, any true advice. A lot advice of nothing, wasn't it. It? Yeah, it? was. it was. Um, it was pointless than being there. It really was. So I don't know whether I, I'm angry and upset at Diego or whether it's his team, but you'd think Diego's so experienced that he would have been able to figure this problem out himself. Um, for me, prayer was someone very beatable for Diego, even though he is a bigger man, even though he's extremely athletic and, Flamboyant and potentially very dangerous with his striking. You, you know, we know that he's only got a round and a half in him. If someone can push him, and Diego yeah. is that pusher type of stylist, but it just was not the Diego Sanchez we've seen of old, and quite frustrating to see him. He's doing a weird thing with his arms, almost pu- pointing his fingers forward. Surprised he didn't get more warnings for doing that because he was really cute. like really high Real extended. extended, absolutely strange. Um, I don't know what he felt that that was giving him or gaining him because he was predominantly having to use his footwork to, to keep at range or he was choosing to. So there was no need to use that long guard either. It was just a mix and match of strategies that just didn't suit the circumstance or suit the opponent he was up against. Um, but he didn't break this theme; He kept doing the same thing, round in, round out. Maybe you know he was pushing a little bit more in the last round, but it was all just slipping away in such a frustrating fashion and um, yeah, I was kind of annoyed, left annoyed, at the end of it. Like I said, I don't know whether to be angry at him or the or, or the camp.
1: Yeah, it was fr- very frustrating. It was really weird because he came out um, first round, first ten seconds or first five seconds, and he hits, the, tries to hit like a rolling wheel
0: kick. And you yeah. think, there
1: we go, here oh, he here goes, Diego Sanchez. Sorry.
0: You just straight away, yeah. Sorry, when I saw that, I was like, here we go, this is going to be because I know I know what Pereira's like. I thought, this is going to be fireworks. Yeah, Um, but he did that and then ran away from (laughs) the strangest thing. Strangest, yeah, it
1: was very, very strange. Um, I'm not going to break it down like blow by blow because, um, just for simple reason, really, that Pereira's striking was very much as you'd imagine, it was decent in the first round, but but Diego Sanchez kind of ran away, would not run away, but he was. Constantly moving away, um, very
0: disengaging. So, prayer yeah. couldn't even look his usual self, um, he couldn't and, look as good as we know he can look. This, this on paper looked like an incredible matchup. Um, this was you know, out of all the fights before you actually diving in and looking at them, I was like, Oh, that's going to be fight of the night! Yeah, but it just yeah. It was, it was the worst fight of the night. Um, and then Sanchez would then uh, out of like
1: occasionally he'd try and hit like a spinning back fist or something like that.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: sure avoid it and then it would go yeah. back to like this like you disengaging I think is the the best word that you like yeah. you just used to describe it. Um yeah. second round was much the same although I thought Sanchez did fire back a little bit but still yeah. nowhere near what we were expecting before the fight. And what you know would put Pereira in trouble, what we've seen Diego Sanchez do for so many years, Um, and then in the third round, uh, Pereira hits him with a a legal knee strike. It is a legal knee strike. You know, it was rightly uh, halted. Yeah. But the rest of the come in. It wasn't like the earlier knee strike where the earlier knee strike knocked him flat out. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. You can't go after that. This one just caught it. It caught him. Um, he didn't go down. Uh,
0: it did cut him, I think. Um, yeah, I think it cut him high on the forehead. Um, we don't know how deep that went. Um, you know, Up on the forehead, you can get cut quite, quite deep. Whether yeah. That's the reason why they ne- never let it carry on. Well, yeah, it, wasn't, after... it
1: wasn't them, though, was it? The doctor came in and the doctor said, you know, he's good to go. Um, yeah. And then the referee asked Sanchez, do you want to continue? There's not long left. There was two minutes right. left. Um, and Sanchez said, um, or he was asking, basically I'm paraphrasing, but he's asking, if I say no, will I yeah. win the fight? And yeah. I'm thinking, no, come on, you don't want to win like this. Don't do it like this. Don't yeah, yeah, do it yeah, yeah. like this. And I could not believe my eyes and ears when I mm. saw him then say, and they, then he asked to see, speak to his coach. Obviously, he's not allowed to do that. Yeah. And I could not believe my eyes and ears when he then said, no, I'm not good to go because I just thought that's just not him, is it? No. And that that felt to me like someone uh, who was having a bit of a cop out who, who knew they were losing the fight and Mm. weren't having a good night. Yeah. And decided to take the easy option. Now. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be, I'm not trying to be kind of disrespectful to Diego Sanchez. I've loved watching his fights over the years, Mm. but overall this fight, he just wasn't himself. And I feel like he really, really took the easy option out. And you know, I'm not. Who am I to criticize fighters? They put their life on the line every time yeah. they fight. I know
0: that, but mm. this didn't feel right. Yeah, no, it didn't feel right. And um, and like you know, you said when when this communication between him and the ref was was taking place. I mean, Thiago's whole attitude as always appeared to be. I'd much rather put on an exciting, courageous fight and lose than I would have a boring one and win, let's just say, or to win in the way that he did with the the disqualification. Um, Who knows? Maybe it's something going on in his personal life. We we can only ever surmise these things, which is what I always go back to. I don't want to be over harsh because I've still got a huge amount of respect for what he's done for the sport. I've really enjoyed watching him over the years. Could that fight be an earmark of maybe, you know, to say that you know Diego Sanchez is now done, yeah. Um, I I would be happy to see him retire, not based on that performance, yeah, but just for the fact that he's been in there so many wars. It's not it's not likely he's going to be a UFC champion. He could be a bit yeah. of a gatekeeper, but I think he's better than that. Um, yeah, maybe maybe he should be, you know, looking to call it a day.
1: Like to me, it felt like he wasn't. Um, like the referees, the doctor said he's all right, which. All right, you you don't know how he's feeling. He's here, yeah. But but he's not asking the you know he's not. You'd expect Diego Sanchez to be saying, "I'm fine, I'm fine." Restart the fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas he's kind of trying to work out whether if we don't restart the fight, do I win? And that to me was what was disappointing him because he wasn't saying, "I'm not fit enough to carry on," or "I feel yeah. you know dizzy, dizzy or whatever it may be." He kind of said, "Was asking." Like, yeah, he played the system. He wanted to... It's almost yeah, like he then, the system. And then, funny enough, when the referee waved it off and the crowd started booing, and I think he, it kind of clicked with him what he had done. Yeah. He said he, he sort of was saying to the ref loudly, "I've I've got blood in my eye. I can't see." But obviously, the doctor had cleared the blood yeah, away. Yeah. It just felt a bit. I, and I'm, I'm stuck because i don't want to be disrespectful to any fighters but yeah it felt like a bit of a cop out
0: and yeah, yeah it was uh, frustrating the whole the the whole thing awesome. yeah um who knows what's going to happen from here on out i, I don't know what's going to happen with his career now um yeah time will time will tell but you know for Pereira, you know okay he should, definitely should not have done that knee um no but he you know he performed well as much as he could perform well with someone disengaging as much as he did. We didn't we didn't see him doing what he normally does, um in terms of his flamboyancy. Um because you know, Sanchez was backpedaling so much, but he did well with what he had. It it just ended so badly for them both, really. Um yeah, a forgettable occurrence really is. Yeah, disappointing all round, really.
1: Um yeah, I gotta say. One person who will be very annoyed by that is Dana white, so i'll uh I might seek oh, out yeah. his seek out yeah. his interview after that, yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't
0: hold back when he's disappointed or no you know, or so frustrated. interesting, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he says and thinks about the whole situation
1: yeah uh, okay, okay, let's move on to the main event, which finished yeah. the, you know for the right reasons uh Cory yeah. Anderson, fresh off his win against Johnny Walker. Uh, was yes. defeated in by Jan uh yeah. in the first round after
0: three minutes and eight seconds via KO. Yeah, yes. Oof. Some big hits. Yeah, I mean in this weight division, nothing's a guarantee till till the fight's over. Um, Corey was looking initially pretty good. Um, surprised me, he wasn't looking to clinch up. Um, I think he was wanting to make a statement with his striking. Uh, and I don't even think Jan looked that good with his striking. He wasn't looking that great. Um, you know, it, it, when he was throwing his right hand, it was sort of looping a little bit off balance, a little bit obvious. Um, yeah, it just wasn't performing great for me. His footwork wasn't impressing me. There's nothing that was impressing me with Jan. And and Corey was the one looking looking good initially with his footwork and and striking forward. He was he was looking the better of the two, more composed. Looking more pretty, uh, looking more relaxed, but then very quickly, in you know, there's no big secret to what happened. I mean, got clobbered uh, with the right hand, I believe. Um, and it yeah. was over, just like that, really is. But I know Jan then ran over to the cage, didn't he? Pointing to oh, uh, John Jones, John Jones, John Jones. You know, I don't want to man. take anything off, yeah, uh, he's just not up there with that level. Um I know Jan probably wants his payday. Um, yeah, of he course. You get to face someone like Jones. Um, I feel I feel a bit bad. You know, the fight game is what it is, and and there's the puncher's chance. I feel like Corey got caught by the puncher's chance. Um, I don't want to say luck because I don't believe in that. Um, but at this weight, it only takes one to hit home, and it could be curtains. It, it that's just the way it was this time around. I think, I think probably eight out of ten times these two would face Corey would win. Um, I think two of yeah. those ten, for the fact of the punching chance, um, I would give it to Jean. And this is one of those times Jean <laughs> come off victorious. Yeah, Corey looked,
1: like you say, he was light on his feet. He exchanged a couple of jabs, leg kicks. He looked yeah. for a takedown. He, and I felt like that was going to be his best chance, was to take uh, Blahovich down. Totally um, agree with he, that. I, did it at the start what tried mm. to do at the start but Blahovic avoided it and then he didn't go for yeah. it again. I know the fight wasn't long but he just yeah. tried to stand and bang with him and and he just before he popped him with the two punch combination which finished him. He just yeah. caught him with a couple of um couple of lefts yeah, uh, he after, did, yeah. just after Anderson nailed him and Anderson hit him in the midsection and then straight mm. after Blahovic hit him with two left hands and then yeah. that was like almost like the trigger or something yeah. because anderson kind of got no i don't want to say distracted but like just took his eye off the ball and mm. you know he nailed him with those two big strikes and yeah you know, like you say this weight is uh curtains
0: yeah yeah that that that's you know partly why the uh you know this weight division is so good to watch you know they're still light enough to be you know, good to watch on the eye when they deliver their strikes and exchanges, uh, but they've got a lot of weight behind those those punches and kicks, and, and any one of them that land with any precision yeah, could potentially end the fight. And, um, that's the excitement of, the, of that division. You you can be a lesser fighter in terms of skill set, but you've got that punching chance you absolutely have. I think as you go down the weight divisions, you know, you, you've got less chance of winning with... Um, you know, landing consequential strikes in that way, you're less likely to knock them out cold. But that weight division, we've seen it numerous times, and um, and that's what we saw with this one. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I just feel a bit sorry mm. for for Corey because you know. Yeah, especially so off apart. the
1: back of that big win.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was huge. Um, you know, the, the other guy was on such a tear; he was looking unstoppable himself, and then he he soon changed changed that and put himself in contention. Now what for him? He maybe have to reprove himself a little bit now. Um you know, with another couple of fights. So let's see. He'll have to go back
1: on board as it was, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, he's got the ability. It's, um, yeah. it seems that with Corey Anderson, I've always felt like it maybe is in his it's kind of in his head rather than mm-hmm. his ability to yeah, really yeah. push on to that next level. Um yeah. maybe it's just like a psychological thing. But could be, yeah. That's, that's uh that's your card that's your main event uh, yes. i got to say i do think john john jones will uh destroy uh lan lam yeah, Jan yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know but then again puncher's chance is always there when you when you hit as hard as that um it is but
0: um, but someone with the distance measure like we spoke before the um the the distance awareness of john jones is one of the best out there uh I, I just that you hoping on that puncher's chances is, is you know it's like trying to win the lottery twice um yeah it, it's, it's highly likely not to happen you know after that last bout we saw him in with the amount of flak that he took and and he come out of that pretty well uh i can't see someone like jean putting that kind of pressure on him doesn't have the skill set to do so you know not take anything away from his great fighter in his own right but he's not of jones's level um <laughs> Yeah you can see Jones taking him down And tapping him out relatively He ain't going quickly. out of two rounds that's for sure I'd say one but let's give him benefit of the doubt That he could run away for one round mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to say um, within two yeah. But okay. that might not even happen yet That fight we'll no. see
1: They seem to be pushing it uh, On commentary and the way he to
0: Kind of oh, He's doing exactly what he should do He, yeah. he just beat, beat a great guy Um, he He wants his moment of fame and um, and he wants those paydays. You know, it's not not an easy sport when you're trying to work your way up financially. Very taxing. I see it time and time again. Um, it's not easy for these young fighters trying to come through. Um, yeah. So yeah, he wants deserve, he deserves
1: those paydays as
0: well. Yeah, yeah, and, f- and for that, right, he you know, deserves a, a punt at John Jones. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think this look of confidence and, and saying I want you next. Jumping up at the cage, I think this is all just acting, bravado rather than real confidence from him. I think even he knows he's up against it against someone like Jones.
1: Indeed, yeah. Um, okay, so let's uh, we'll just briefly finish off with a couple of questions. Yeah, um, some fun ones today. So um, uh, we got UFC Dublin was announced uh, for August. Surely yeah. Conor McGregor has to be on it, even though it's a ESPN struck Fight Night card rather than a main pay-per-view
0: um i don't know whether i agree with that do you not I don't know. Nah, I, I, does it have to be I, I i don't know um i mean it it would be good but i don't know does it does I, he even want it i mean i've not really been listening to cuz he's been a bit quiet on the old interviews and that um he hasn't been quite so vocal um i don't know how 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 much he wants to
1: well, I know he's looking to Probably. fight soon um, yeah. and quickly. What I would say is uh, ESPN were thrilled with the numbers that McGregor and Cerrone brought in. Because um, obviously they've got this deal with uh, UFC where they've paid UFC for exclusive pay-per-view rights. Yeah, um, So they needed the numbers. And I think they were a bit disappointed with the numbers throughout 2019. Because, right. of course whilst the younger generation are all familiar with streaming and downloading an app and getting the pay-per-view that way, yeah. traditional people who just like to go into their TV and buy the pay-per-view may not yeah. always, you know, come over to that. But, um, yeah, the reports I read from, you know, quite reputable people said that ESPN, uh, are very happy with McGregor. They want him fighting again, you know, as, as soon as they really can, because,
0: yeah, he brought in the numbers, which is no yeah, surprise I mean, with him. I, I love watching the guy fight. I, I love what he brings. And um, of course, I'd like to see him <laughs> fight on there. But I'd be happy to see him fight wherever, whenever. You know, I, as long as he's still yeah. in the fight game, um, I'm I'm happy for that. Um, yeah, it would be great, obviously,
1: for the fans. Yeah, it'd be special, wouldn't it, to, to have Conor McGregor fight in Ireland? But
0: yeah, I just I want him t- to be. I want him to be prepared. I want him to have the right type of opponent. I I wouldn't want it to be the case though. He he would just take a fight with whoever, just so he's fighting. You know, you know. I like these. (laughs) He brings such attention, doesn't he? And he he gets matched up with people that you you really who is going to win and how? You know, it's so exciting. Um, Yeah, I I, I think that's more important for me personally. Okay, rather than just the location, purely the location. But I get the attraction, of course. Yeah, it would be special. But um, yeah, okay. Um,
1: How difficult is it to face a genuinely tall opponent and
0: why? Well, it has to come in combination of being tall, good footwork and distant management. So, you know, being tall doesn't mean you've got a longer reach. Um, So it really depends what combination that height comes into. So if you have got someone which makes it difficult, which is tall, rangy, and they've got good footwork, good distance management, then it's a real difficult affair because it, it's like playing a game of chess and you've got the white pieces, you're moving first. Statistically, you have a slightly more chance of winning. I just think you're starting off on the better foot. Um, you're getting out the blocks in 100 metres and you're getting a great start. It's a great thing. Um, I just think they have the potential to to start better. And it's always the guy who's shorter, with the shorter reach, Um, that's left chasing having to burn more of your 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 candles energy to close in to try to be effective in the first place um it's like you know uh, you know having to walk 100 miles to go to battle before you even begin your battle it's taken something out of you and it's a little bit like that i guess you would say um
1: what's uh, the best uh, strategy against someone who's tall and rangy and
0: um definitely preparation preparation for cardio so the way you train for that belt if i knew i was up against someone in uh, in particular who's got good footwork reach advantage and height advantage over myself um you know being really super fit to to be able to push in and get inside strategy is obviously very important but to have strategy you've got to have the cardio to give you dexterous options to be able to get in on the inside um so you, you can um, do your switching if your stance are coming. So you're stepping in with big steps. I think when someone's got range and good footwork and you are say both left foot forward and you both stay in strict form, it's very, very difficult to close in without receiving damage. Um, if you just stay strict with that left foot forward, right leg back. I think if you come in um, and step in with your shots, you, you have more chance of um, being more successful with your your combinations with your hands into shoots. Uh, so that would be something that I would definitely um, bring into my game. Um, cool. A little bit how we saw um, Holloway and um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Holloway's last fight. Um, oh, um, uh, Volkan. Um, yeah, Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Off- wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, you know, he, he's someone who's given away reach, foot, some footwork skill to a point, but he's got a load of cardio. And um, he yeah. kept switching his stance as he came come in. He got inside, delivered the payload, and got back out. And he was fit enough to do it. Yes, he slowed down as the, as the fight went on, but he got so far ahead on the, on the rounds by the time he was at any visible deficit, yeah. um, he, he'd already pretty much got to the finish line. Um, so, yeah, if you have a look at the way he employed his strategy you would understand what I mean. He was switching his mm. stance as he comes in. He was hacking at the legs to try and slow the footwork down of the taller man. He worked very well inside, but didn't stay in tight too long where you get clinched up, kneed, et cetera. Um, he was in and then he was back out. Nice. Have to be fit to do it though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. I like that. This is yeah. why I like it, Like talking to you about all this stuff, get The, yeah. the
0: technical analysis. Um, uh, it's just my opinion and view, though. I say that. Yeah. Not, I always say I'm always potentially wrong, but um, that's just how I feel. I deal with that situation. Yeah.
1: No, that's cool. Um, why do fighters spin through when they miss a low kick? It seems like they would put themselves in more danger by doing this. More danger
0: of getting caught when doing so. Yeah. If you do not throw another strike afterwards, it's not good. This can be a habit of tie boxers. If you ever see a tie boxer shadow boxing you will throw up a big round kick and spin all the way around with it. Um, So sometimes this can be a subconscious copying habit that you've seen. Um, Being an MMA fighter, you do train with different coaches. um, And sometimes you're just around that environment where you see people do it. And it's weird how it will just come into your game where you throw the kick and spin round. But absolutely right, it could potentially put you in danger. um, If you throw and miss it and they run in on you, they've got your back. Mm. Um, Or if they're strikers, you're not going to see them closing on you. you and, and Yeah, absolutely. You've got no footwork form to to um, resist what they might put on you in terms of their striking combinations. Um, so what generally should happen is if you throw a kick and you miss it, you plant your foot down. So if I was going to say do a switch kick with my left foot, I would place it down and maybe throw um, uh, a spinning back kick or spinning side kick to dominate centre line to stop the counter, strike the counter clinch, or you can throw – you kick around and maybe throw a spinning back fist off of it you know, in hopes to catch them, you know, trying to capitalise yeah. on the fact that you've missed with the kick, with the wild kick, because it'd have to be a wild kick um, for you to kick all the
1: way through. Yeah, I like a, I like a good spinning back fist,
0: so that would be, oh, yeah. That yeah, would yeah. be my choice. All trick. the spinning spinning kicks, spinning back fists, they're all great, and spinning elbows as we're seeing um, off the break. More more. <laughs> really visual, hugely consequential to the fight if they land. Um, really good really good to watch. Well that one last
1: year with y- uh, Yaya Rodriguez right at the death of the fight wasn't it? Where yeah, he kind that's of right. went like up and back and Exactly. Oof. Yeah, yeah. creative. Um yeah. okay, final question uh from both of you, can you name your top 3 biggest upsets in MMA history?
0: Um okay, yeah, I mean this is there's there's a huge amount of upset that have happened. Um, MMA's it? been around a long time. Um so I think, you know, I, I, I put them in terms of the, the other people who looked so invincible at the time um, when they was defeated. And, and, and as Will Eyebry, I- 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 so one of them for me was um, Fabio Verdum versus Theodore. Um, you know, Theodore always yep. looks untappable. Um, but Verdum is obviously a really proficient jujitsu guy, um, really long legged. And he reeled uh, Theodore into a triangle choke. And, you know, and tapped him out. I mean, I never thought I'd see the day where Fyodor would tap, but we did. He was very humble with it. Um, I just think we sometimes see Fyodor so fearless that this guy would go to sleep or let a limb break, but he's actually quite a sensible dude. And he, mm-hmm. you know, he got caught in the submission, he tapped, and yeah, that yeah. one was a real shock upset. It really was, because he spoiled so many other good jiu-jitsu guys. Um, I thought it was going to be much of the same thing, but it wasn't. He got tapped out. Um, another one for me was um Matt Serra and GSP. Yeah, and that's where Serra the line and, they, fit to I mean shocker. Shocker. Um yeah, I mean it, it, GSP was a massive favourite to win that fight. Massive favourite. Um, but he got clipped. It wasn't even with a clean punch that led to the finish. I think caught him behind the ear slightly. Um but Matt Serra is a short, stocky, aggressive guy, he's like um an angry rock <laughs> he's just <laughs> He's a very compact, angry dude. When he, uh, when he gets the taste of blood, he's going for that sub or that knockout. And he clipped GSP and very quickly was on him and um, put him away. That was another real shocker. Um, you know, this put a female bout in, into the mix as well. was when Wanda Rousey was looking invincible and Holly Holm uh, dismantled her. Um, yeah, she destroyed her, didn't she? She showed you know, up the true holes in Wanda's game. And I don't think Wanda was the same. Ever again no. after fighting Holly Holm? No, no, no. I think no. it was a, uh, I, I can't remember whether it was a left lead kick yeah. to her head that oh, finally yeah. led to it, but she was not Ronda Rousey looked uncouth and just looked like she was never going to get her down. Um, yeah, that was another huge upset. So that was some sort of, I actually thought it was a top five. I'd put my uh, top five. Did I say five top down.
1: five? Go on then, you two, do another, you do <laughs> another yeah. two and I,
0: I'll do one. Yeah, yeah, because these ones, and, and the other one were totally, um, you know, shocked me partly because of the way he, he won. Really, was Tito versus um, Ryan Baylor. Um, yeah, I that one. He, he got, he got, got a, yeah. I mean, um, Tito's not known for his submission, and we know they're both really proficient wrestlers. And um, yeah, just did not expect. I did not see that coming. Uh, um, I think those I think Tito was as much surprised um, as Baylor or anyone else watching it was. But what a great win! Um, because Tito's on his way out pretty much, and. Um, Bado, I think, was 5-1 at the time. Yeah. You know, really looking dominant. Um, that was another real big shocker for me. Um, and a pleasant one because I've always been a fan of T. I've always liked his, liked his game. Super nice guy as well, if you ever meet him in person. Um, you know, he always has time to talk to, talk to you. Um, mm-hmm. And the other one, which I, I think you know, can't be um, taken off the list, really, was Anderson Silva versus Wyden. Um Anderson Silva sometimes looks so unbeatable, hasn't he, over the course of time. But Weidman, I think he won twice in the over him because he got the leg break against Weidman as yeah, well. Yeah, one of them there. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, that was another one that you know, I think was a, a real big upset and a real big surprise to people. It put Weidman on the map, but unfortunately, he never, never was able to follow through after those successes he had over and so he sort of had a hard time to to stay on top of it all. Um, yeah, so. So
1: I had a couple of the ones, which I had the uh, the GSP one and the and the uh, the Weidman one. Um, yeah. But I've also got. I'll just name two, and because you we did five. Um. So I had Michael Bispin winning the middleweight championship, as yeah. a, of Luke Rockhold, just because it was a, he took the fight on short notice. Everyone yeah. had written written him off as kind of never going to be did. up to that level, and yeah. um, he gave Luke Rockhold. Knocked a him bit out, he? He of in yeah knocked yeah, him out did. in the first round yeah he, i might clipped him clipped him and yeah. he was gone um and yeah. my other one which might shock people that i would know it but is royce gracie winning ufc one 12th of november oh, yeah, 1993 yeah. um and Absolutely. he faced, yeah. faced that uh massive dude who i always forget his name um there was a few <sighs>
0: massive dudes that he fought. Well, yeah, uh, was like really and there was like really Kashinkai, the the karate stylist. Mm. He fought, fought that really tall karate stylist as well. Um,
1: so he uh, bought. Um, yeah, he just looked so small against. Uh, I think it was Jim Jimison. I forget his name now. I'm really sorry. Um, mm. I'll quickly. But he the size difference. Everyone, you know, didn't mm. give him a chance, and and he jiu jitsu jiu jitsued him. Mm into oblivion um and it yeah, wasn't yeah, if i yeah. if i remember correctly and i what i should know because i watched it recently again um he like tapped him out very 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 quickly um yeah, yeah, and yeah, people yeah. just didn't expect it because royce grace yeah. is, royce grace is so unassuming uh, in his demeanor and everything but the man is a, a legitimate legend and badass
0: yeah, 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 absolutely. And I've had the privilege of you know, meeting him on mm. countless amount of times and spoke with him. going to ask and, you about uh. that. Yeah, and spent some time with him. Really, really good guy. Um, very thoughtful about the words that come out of his mouth. Um, you know, he, he, he never just talked mindlessly. He don't talk from just emotion. He thinks about everything that he says. Um, you know, he's still very, very traditional. Um, you know, he very much sees his BJJ we, say unfortunately or fortunately however you want to look at it, we look at BJJ in very much its sport format whereas the Graces very much see their jiu-jitsu as a self-defence okay. so you know, when we put some questions to him um, you know, one of the ones asked him is there any opponent that you faced that you would want to face again or, you know, or would it always be a new one would you always come back fighting and um, he said I'll fight anyone I don't have a particular favourite to fight or not favourite to fight. I will just I'm willing to fight anyone. But what he says his criteria of what a real fight is, he said, you know, I would prefer to fight with no time limit. That's where I'm effective. He said I still go running out 10k a day. Um, he's still a very very fit man. And um, and I think if you listen to interviews uh, of Hickson, you know, he's still very much in the approach that you know if you really want to find out who the 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 toughest fighter is it has to be done without time duration because you know having rounds does put a different emphasis on times of terms of strategy to win on a scorecard um a fight should be won by someone quitting or being put asleep you know yeah or knocked out you know any of those ways not being left to any judges scorecard um and I really think, I really do believe him that that's how he sees things. And he yeah. says in that term, he's still legit today. That's how he sees it. And I absolutely, you know, believe that he believes so. Um, yeah, really super nice guy. Uh, got got time for everyone. Um, we'll t- I always see him at the Bellator events, and he's always having photos taken with kids. He never gets bad temper. Never looks like he wants to rush off. He seems to enjoy it, and um, people also enjoy being around him. Absolute legend, you know. Um, you know, I'm texting you
1: this week now saying, Get him on the show! Get him on the show! <laughs> <laughs> it could happen, yeah. it could happen. That would he's, be incredible. He's... he's one of my heroes, yeah. so that would be, yeah, 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 likewise, Yeah, so yeah, back to the sort of normal amount of time for this week's show. Next week's yeah. show might be a little bit longer, um, because we are going to be talking uh, Tyson yes. Fury versus. Wilder, uh, yeah. Cody Davis versus Omar Sadiq, UFC Felder versus Hooker, and Bellator Dublin, uh, McCourt versus Riaz. Um, obviously, we're not going to go through all of those shows in the amount of detail which we go through the UFC shows normally. Yeah, the U- UFC show will be our predominant sort of focus in terms of you, Danny, breaking down the fights. Um, we'll go through the Dublin Bellator card relatively quickly. Um, we'll also discuss Tyson Fury's fight and Cody Davis's fight. Um, yeah. I also have a, uh, an interview with Cody Davis, which is coming out on Friday. You can check that out, youtube.com slash podcast nation and uh, all your podcasting platforms. As mentioned before, I'm interviewing uh, UK band The Crooks on Tuesday. You can check that out very soon. They also have a single and a sellout UK tour. Uh, if you've got any questions for former Wales International and ex Arsenal defender Reese Weston. You can get them in tomorrow. And football fans join us every Monday, seven PM for the Andy Campbell show. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. We got to uh, talk all sorts of different stuff. Um and it's always fun in the live chat and entertaining, interacting with people, you know, as we're doing the show. It's a different uh, different aspect to the podcast. A lot of fun, could be interesting. Um uh, mm-hmm. Wow, well, so I got to say. Uh, nothing else really. Check out uh, the blood, uh, bstacademy.co.uk, check out awaydayapparel.co.uk, and obviously, you've got the code which I mentioned earlier, and I'll also put it in the description below. And I've also got launched Ace Podcast Nation's Teespring store where you can pick up mugs like this and pick up t shirts like the one I normally wear. Um, From there, if you would like to support us and the work we're doing towards getting you awesome guests and having regular analysts and pundits like Mr. Danny Batten, uh, Mr. Andy Campbell and all the other awesome people that help us out and join us to talk about our favourite things. Uh, Danny, it has been a pleasure as always.
0: Yes, thank you again, Si. Um, Always look forward to it and I'll be looking forward to next week too. Yeah, next week.
1: Now I'm really, really looking forward. I always look forward to these shows anyway. But next yeah, yeah. week, I'm really looking forward to just because there's lots so much going to on. talk about. Yeah, yeah a lot's awesome. going on. It's great. It's good. Uh, guys, give us a follow on social media. Most importantly, really, um, tell people, tell your friends, tell if there's something you enjoy, a particular show, a particular guest. Tell your friends. Help us spread the word, help us grow. Um, And if you want to support us, the best way to support us directly is to subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash podcast nation. And obviously things like the Teespring store where you can buy the merchandise, which there'll be more stuff up because we're launched a new logo for the Andy Campbell show recently. And um, I'm sure we'll get one for the Danny Batten show done soon as well. by the same people Mm -hmm. because I'm really, really happy with the, the work they did for the Andy Campbell show. Okay, Danny. Thank you very much guys thank, thank you for so. watching thank you for watching listening downloading however you do it thank you very much we'll see you next week with another episode of the Danny Button show Podcast Network.